Episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We're so happy you could join us um, as the Knicks have a few days off as they prepare to uh, set sails, set sail, set sail, one sail, right on the high seas for London. Um, joining us on the podcast right now, um, everybody's favorite, um, someone who has been getting back to their film roots, um, especially after the game. In uh, against Philadelphia, and that is my partner in crime, JB. JB, how you doing, man? Hey, good, Jonathan. I'm uh, equally excited and frightened by our guest tonight. Yeah, so, um, well, you know what? We don't get many famous people on this pod, um, but when we do, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big deal. So I think this one is kind of a stop the presses moment. Um, so without further ado, um, I am going to introduce someone that I know engenders a lot of strong feelings, not only in Knicks Nation, but throughout the country as well. And that is Dolan J. Trump. Dolan, are you on the line with us? Uh, yes, I am, uh, Jonathan and JB. It's a tremendous honor to be here this evening. I think you guys do a terrific job. Uh, from what I'm hearing, you guys get the... Uh... Tremendous reviews, and uh, very excited to be here. So, so can, can I ask? Uh, I, I don't, I don't mean to be so bold, but have you actually had the time to listen to the podcast? I know you're very busy these days. Uh, yeah, we've heard uh, a couple of the interviews. I heard the uh, Howard Beck one, the uh, uh, Chris uh, Herring. Uh, who else did you have on recently? Uh, I think we we had uh, Ian Begley, Mike Borkenoff, yeah. Yeah, so uh, some uh, some amazing uh, talent that you guys have been able to get on the uh, the podcast and enjoyed it. Uh, great job. Well, it, I, coming from you, that's um, obviously a person of your stature and importance. That that obviously that means a great deal um, to us here at at our, our little our little podcast. So I you know I know there's a lot of Knicks fans that have a lot of uh, you know things that they're really interested in in terms of your positions on certain things. Um, and I, I guess I need to start where, where everybody's mind is right now, which is obviously, um, with the wall, um, John wall, um, in in particular. So you sent out quite a few tweets over the last few weeks in regards to, to John wall. And I just, you know, I want to give you a chance to set the record straight for Knicks nation here. Um, is, is the wall, is the wall coming to New York? Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, we've had uh, we've had a lot of people, a lot of interest that uh, some fans that want to we want to tighten up our perimeter security. We're looking for a star. We uh, we haven't had one in quite a while, and uh, you know John Wall is someone who we uh, we want to bring in. We can get the deal. And, uh, and this is uh, Jeffrey Ballone. Uh, I hesitate to say. This. President, but uh, do you really think the most effective way to get a wall done is to use what some are calling the Brzingis shutdown? And in, in terms of thinking that 
you know, if you get maybe a higher lottery pick by shutting him down throughout the year, that that's really the best route to, um, you know, to build this team up. Well, I think the the the, the thing is shut down. It's something that uh, many fans now are are starting to warm up on the idea. It's something that we need. It needs to get done. It's gonna it's gonna help secure our future. And uh, more and more people are are uh, supporting uh, the movement. Well, I, you know, and and I appreciate that you that you you say that about about fans who are who are supportive of of the Porzingis shutdown. But I, I, you know, I would be remiss not to to point out here that 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 may be a very small minority of the fan base, and I understand that that's your base. But but don't you have to cater to you know all of Nick's fandom, even the people that did not you know necessarily uh, uh, vote for you here. Uh, we know once again, uh, you know, we are trying to put forth uh, the the MSG first agenda that I put forth, and quite frankly, uh, it's getting uh, very fantastic, positive reviews, and uh, and yeah, so it's it's what's best for uh, for our franchise moving forward. And, w- and what about the the dreamers? There has been some reports leaking out that you are trying to maybe come to a deal that would. Uh, please, people who are dreaming of Kevin Durant becoming a per- permanent resident in New York, can you give us any update on any negotiations you've had with uh, the Democrats on that? Well, uh, in regards to Durant, um, I have not met him. Uh, I have not spoken to him. Uh, wouldn't say I wouldn't sit down with him, but uh, you'd have to talk to his people about that one. Um, so I, I guess... You know, and, and this is kind of a, a, a tough question for me to ask because, you know, I, I, I understand that it, these, these things engender, a lot, again, a lot of strong feelings in the fan base. But, you know, I, I, I saw someone on the street the other day wearing a Knicks uniform and then, uh, or a Knicks uh, jersey, uh, clearly a fan, and they were walking by someone that had a, a, make, a make Knicks Great Again hat on. And... You know, it just evolved into like an ugly verbal confrontation, and and I have to ask you: Do you ever worry that your your policies in trying to make the Knicks great again are in, instead of bringing people together, you know, which is what this franchise was was really founded on? Um, it's driving people apart. Like, what do you have to say to people that that have those concerns? All right. Well, first things first. You got to understand that I inherited a complete mess from the failed. Uh, Phil Jackson uh, regime, uh, what quite frankly, no one realized how bad it truly was. Uh, we've done some amazing things. We've uh, we've instituted the Oakley ban. We've we're in the process still of weeding out the garden. I have personally repealed the triangle, and uh, we're doing things. Uh, we've created uh, many jobs. We've brought back a lot of wealth. Uh, we've had some great talent. Uh, someone like Noah Vonley and his salary. If you think about it, what what Phil was paying the other Noah, uh, we're just getting uh, we're getting tremendous value on many of the uh, players, and most importantly, we're taking care of our veterans. And I guess the the last question for me, and it's a topic that we've even talked about on our side, but in terms of the news coverage that surrounds you, I know obviously you've coined the phrase "fake news." I mean, how do you feel like the team is being covered right now? Do you think that they're being fair to the job that you're doing? Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I would say that 
you know, there's some uh, there's some talented reporters, but there are a bunch of other reporters who are extremely dishonest with their coverage. The way the national media and how they uh, how they cover the Nets is, quite frankly, pretty disgusting uh, compared to uh, the type of treatment we get. And it's very dishonest, and I think it's very harmful for the fan base and the people of New York. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so I I kept it together for as long as I could. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Nets line got me. All right, so I think it's about time now that we we um, introduce uh, the man <laughs> behind the character that you guys have just had the pleasure of listening to for the last few minutes. So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're we're breaking the fourth wall right here. I think. I think that's that's how the saying goes. Um, how are you? Uh, doing well. How are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> got, through, got through my first uh, impersonation of uh, Donald Trump. It's been all about, uh, you know, it's, all the impersonating has always been uh, via Twitter. Never, uh, yeah, that's... Tried, never tried to do improv like that. Well, you didn't, yeah, you didn't do a bad job because, yeah, we, we had talked about the idea earlier today. And that's exactly what I was thinking. And even for me, like asking the questions, I'm like, do I pretend I'm a reporter asking these questions? But um, <laughs> no, you did a great job for it being your first time. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll second that. So, okay, so let's uh, take a step back. For, for our listeners um, who, who may not know what the hell is going on right now, if you're still listening, kudos to you. Um, so you are one of the two men um, – behind uh, a very popular Twitter account that is, without question, one of a kind, um, the, the Twitter account of Dolan J. Trump, which if you if anybody listening hasn't seen it, it's a picture of, of James Dolan with... Um, uh, is that... Actually, I should ask you, is that Donald Trump's actual hair on or, or James Dolan's face, or did you get somebody else's blonde hair? No, that's uh, that's Trump's hair on Dolan's face. That's fantastic. Um, So I kind of I I want to start at the beginning. Well, even before the account, I think actually the most interesting thing about you is that uh, something we both found out, me and JB, a while back, um, that you're you're not a lifelong Knicks fan. Is that right? No. To be to be honest with you, I hated the Knicks all throughout my childhood. I'm born and raised in North Jersey, diehard New Jersey Nets fan uh, all throughout my childhood. Basically, going back to you know, late 1980s or so. Like, I was born in 1980, uh, and, you know, I hated when Starks uh, took the cheap shot of Kenny Anderson and was at the 90, I want to say 94 playoffs or 95 playoffs where it broke his wrist. The only time, though, I will say, the only time I ever uh, rooted for the Knicks uh, during my uh, time before this was when they faced the Spurs in the NBA Finals, and they were so undermanned. It wasn't a team with Ewing and Oakley and all those right. guys. You know, the Canby Spreewell, I thought it was just a fascinating kick because they were underdogs going up against, you know, that uh, David Robinson, Duncan, and it was like Chris Dudley and Larry Johnson going head to head. It was like a funny, uh, you know, uh, battle. So that's the only time I've ever, so is that, you know, likable. So is that how then this all started where, you know, you're a Nets fan and, you, you know, most Nets fans don't like the Knicks, maybe more, you know, the Knicks, they're, it's funny because. The Knicks haven't won anything, and yet we try to act as bullies to Nets fans because it's the only people we can pretend we're big of, around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is it for a, a Nets fan? Is that why you started this? Because you were like, this would be a fun way to pick on the Knicks? Or how did you then go no. from being a Nets fan and start a new no, account? It's a, 
It's a good question. So, anyways, the Nets moved to Brooklyn. I still follow the team, still diehard fan. Uh, I had a little bit of uh, almost like a kind of like a James Dolan type incident where, you know, he's uh, when Dolan's harassing the uh, cursing out the fans. Uh, that guy what was in Mike Hammerski and I forget the other person who the, the guy who wrote him a letter. Yeah. I kind of had an incident like that a couple of years ago with someone in the front office uh, behind the scenes on Twitter. And I'm like, you know what? And right there it kind of ruined it for me. I'm like, that's like 25 years of fandom just ruined. And so with, the, way, with like, someone never, with the Nets. Yes. Ah, so, okay. So I, mean, I had an incident like that, uh, and then I kind of was like, you know, indifferent for the team for a while. And then when I, a couple of years ago, when the Oakley incident happened, that's when like the it's like the movie uh, Back to the Future when uh, Doc Brown falls and hits his head and he says <laughs> the image of the flux capacitor. <laughs> like, me, I'm like, James Dolan is Donald Trump because the whole Oakley ban. I'm like, this is the Muslim ban. And then two days later, he's bringing in uh, who's bringing in? like Sprewell and a couple other like legends to sit there. And yeah. that, that first game, I think it was against the Spurs. That's that was the first time I tweeted. Was that on a Sunday or a Saturday? It was like an afternoon game. And I remember I, tw- I started tweeting that day. And oh, now it's a game I think the Knicks somehow might have won, if I remember right, against the Spurs. It was a real random game. But yeah, go on. Random game. And then I remember I, I tweeted at Frank Iasol because I'm like, all right, who can I go after right off the bat? And then he wrote me a private message saying, he goes, I guarantee MSG will have you shut down by Monday afternoon, the uh, the latest. So I thought at first he was going to like rat me out. And he was just like, and, you know, he said, no, he's like, I'm just predicting like what's going to happen. And it never happened. And here I am. I don't know, was that a little more than two years later. So, well, yeah, that was, it was February. um, It was February of 2017. And now we're, yeah. So we're coming up on, we're coming up on two years, man. It it actually, um, I didn't realize it was, it was that long ago. Um, So, (laughs) so it's interesting to, to me that you, that you say it kind of like came to you um, where you're like, you know, James Dolan is, is Donald Trump. There's so many it, parallels. It's crazy. I, so that's yeah. exactly what my what my question. I don't even know how to ask the question because there are so many layers to this thing. Starting with the fact that obviously James Dolan is a, is a supporter of Trump for one. Right. Um, <laughs> I we have graphics of Trump meeting Dolan, and other ones where Dolan's meeting Dolan's meeting. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> it's really. I got to send you guys a graphic. We made a Christmas card a couple of years ago. This is when like. It's pretty wild. There's like 20 people in the picture. It's like uh, I remember it. I remember it. Okay, I don't know if you guys were following me back then, but there's a in the center is uh, Dolan Trump sitting at his desk in the Oval Office, and then right next to him is James Dolan. So amongst <laughs> you know amongst like Mills and uh, who else is that? Ron Baker, Beasley, uh, Hornacek, Rambis, Wally. Like we got everyone in there. The whole media team. It's pretty crazy. So I, I guess when. <laughs> I I'm, I don't even know if if you could answer this question, but like, is what is your? Because some of the stuff you come up with, I gotta say, is like it's genius in terms of like again the layers of humor to it. Because you could look at these things and find humor in several different ways. Like, what's your thought process when you when you come out with these things? Like, how do you how do you like think of these the tweets that you send out? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, it's inexplicable. I mean, it's it's to say. I mean, I'm a teacher like you and. You know, a lot of times, like, people say, like, you know, where do you come up with your – because I teach math. So it's, uh, you know, I just come up with wacky ways of connecting topics to something that they can relate to. And it's just it's, – it's just spontaneous. So – and I have, a, you know, about a 30, 35-minute car ride in the morning to work. 
I got a dog who I'm outside with, uh, you know, when I do it free time uh, away from my kids or, you know, I'm at the gym. So, you know, I just these ideas pop in my head. And just when I think there's a dull moment, like, oh, there's nothing left. Like, what can I possibly talk about? Then it's you know, then you see a tweet like, you know, Nick's rumored to getting John Wall. I'm like, John Wall, the wall. Or, you know, then the shutdown. I'm like, you know, the, that. Or, you know, then I came up with, I don't know if you ever, if you ever noticed the, um, like, I compared Phil Jackson and Jeannie Buss to the FBI lovers, but I was calling them the LAL lovers. Uh, Peter, what is it, Peter Strzok? And uh, <laughs> the, the, lovely, the lovely Lisa Page was the lovely Jeannie Buss. So I just hope yeah. these people see me tagging them. Like, they realize that it's, uh, you know, it's it's all comedy, so... Yeah, it's all, well, no, it's funny because even as you're saying this, where the, the material really does write itself because, you know, I know, you know, me and you will sometimes talk, uh, you know, behind the scenes on certain ideas. And I actually, as we were, as we're recording right here, I'm looking through Twitter and Trump has, I guess, because Clemson's coming to the White House. He's got all these cheeseburgers out and right. he's, he's already like, uh, I guess, lying or switching the numbers that he said of how many burgers there was. And it's like, we just had this whole thing with cancer in the burgers. It's like, you can't right. make up and these it's parallels. Like, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, even if you go back to the origins of it, it's just the fact that, like, you know, Trump's business was handed to him from his father, in a sense. Same thing as with Dolan. You know, his empire is given to him. Uh, there's just, like, there's so many similarities. It's crazy. Like, the fact that, like, they both preach loyalty. You know, they always talk about the whole, like, uh, Dolan loyalists that are still there. They're kind of like the spies within the garden. So it's, you know, you think of that whole, like, inner circle within the Trump organization. So it's... Uh... So, so I'm, I'm curious because the one thing... To me, your your backstory is almost more interesting than the account because, like, it's it's one thing for someone like me or JB to sit here and, you know... <laughs> Live and die by every every Knicks, uh, maybe not every Knicks game because we're we would have uh, it would be pretty painful to to expect something different and then die a, a same death uh, you know game after game. But like basically to live and die with this team season after season after season, hoping they turn it around, and that's because that was ingrained in us from a very early age. We didn't, you know, I don't want to say we didn't have a choice in the matter, but essentially we didn't have a choice in the matter. If I if I wanted to stop becoming a Knicks fan, I, I couldn't. Um, but you have decided to like make that choice, even knowing <laughs> everything you know. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, about yeah, yeah like about the owner. Yeah. So yeah, it's how, terrible. So it, or do you like? Where is your um, like? What? <laughs> how did you? How did you go about like that decision? Like, I'm I'm actually going to become a Knicks fan. This is crazy. Uh, you know, I'm not, and trust me, I'm not someone to jump ship from, I and mean, I'm very loyal when it comes to my sports teams. I mean, I'm a lifelong, and this is very random. So I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan for, for since the early 90s as well, and I've never uh, left them. So the Nets, like I told you, the Nets was like a bad uh, a bad experience, and it was kind of like, it's just like, as I was saying, it's like picture going to your favorite restaurant for 25 years and the owner, in a sense, telling you to like F off. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, from there, it was just never the same. Um, and plus, like, the, and a couple of my friends from Jersey were like, who were diehard Nets fans back then. They also like said, like, you know, the, the whole Brooklyn move, you know, they don't give a crap about the New Jersey fans. And then, like, it took me a longer to realize I'm like, they're kind of, you know, there really is no paying homage to the New Jersey days. Granted, there wasn't much glory, but there were pockets of right, but... and stuff like that. But uh, you know, but anyways, so getting to what you were saying about like, why would someone become a Knicks fan? 
it's almost like this is giving validity to like how dangerous social media can be. I feel like I've self radicalized myself where, you know, <laughs> from the Knicks winning, like, you know, it, was, it was really like last year when the Knicks got up to a good start with Porzingis when he was just amazing. I'm like watching these games going crazy. I'm like, this guy is unbelievable. And then that one game against the Cavs when uh, Frank bumped uh, LeBron and then Cantor. Yep. Right there, I'm like, wow, like, this is amazing. So. And then obviously it was downhill ever since uh, Porzingis got hurt. But even this year, like the game against the the Bucks at home, and that was incredible. So, so I mean, so is there time? Then? I mean, first of all, you know, just to go on the Nets for a minute, it sure. is true with the new with the New Jersey point. It, it, it's funny because I know obviously when they came over to Brooklyn and and you know Jay Z was very involved at that time, and I think they were one of the better teams in terms of marketing brand right like there's a lot of teams that enter the league new it's funny i was just watching the the original mighty ducks movies with my daughters the past week because they've never seen them and (laughs) it reminded me of like when the hockey team came out right they they actually named them the mighty ducks you know in the in the jerseys that you know were, were now they're classic but they weren't great but the point is the nets you know they went with the black and the white and you know everything was was cool and you know, they're, they're trying to sell that whole Brooklyn idea. But in doing so, I think you're right. They just, like, you can't get them to mention New Jersey. I think they've maybe done it Never. a little better recently. But it was, you're right. And, and you could see how you're turning away the very small fan base that you had. But, no, the question I was going to ask is, do you ever then, obviously the Nets this year have been, uh, you know, playing well. And even right now they're playing the Celtics in a fun game. It's like, do you ever see a fun game they're playing in and it makes you kind of miss a little bit? Is it because the uniforms and everything are different that it's easy to almost think of them as a different team? Or how about that? Uh, well, yeah, I, I still like the team. I was still a diehard when, uh, you know, when Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez. I think when Lopez finally got traded, I think that was like the last connection I had to the team. Um, but to be honest with you, I mean, this sounds uh, very traitorous. Uh, I, now when I see them winning, I want them to lose. I, I think I, I can't stand the the like Sean Marks is the Messiah and Kenny Atkins is a genius and, and everything like they you know they touch turns the gold like you know I, I find it funny that like you know Spencer Dinwiddie he's a good player obviously I mean and I didn't realize that he was a, apparently if he didn't get hurt in college was going to be like a lottery uh, talent uh, I never knew that but you know yes I did a great job with Joe Harris and great finding with that guy Kuroks and uh, and and Jared Allen but like. Where is any? They don't get the Knicks get no respect for Dotson. I think is a is a very intriguing talent or Mitchell Robinson. Like I feel like there's less buzz about that, and it's just you know they everyone likes to crap on the Allen uh, and the Tim Hardaway contract or whatever anything like that. But no one talks about how Sean Marks originally tried to sign Allen Kraft for that horrible deal. He gave yep. auto, he signed yep. auto order to that big deal, and he locked you know then you know he locked out because the. The Wizards match it, and then the Blazers match theirs. So, uh. well, it's 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 interesting that you say that because like one of there's a lot of things that fascinate me about about this whole like the the world of media coverage. But I think the the one that and it it kind of taps into your your account a little bit because obviously you you featured Dolan um, is like this idea that how much of the coverage. Um, of both organizations, actually, is shaped by the fact that, you know, the Nets, by all accounts, are, like, over-the-top, welcoming to media people, like Sean Marks, you know, he'll go on any podcast, uh, Kenny Atkinson, always, you know, good for a quote, like, all this stuff, 
Um, and their owners are people that you don't. We don't even know who. Like they're new owners, not obviously not Prokhorov. The new owners are, are staying out of of things, um, staying out of the news. And then obviously for the Knicks, it's like, you know, the media policy. I and I've talked about this on this pod has come a long way, but it's still you know one of the more restrictive ones in the league. And then you know you don't you don't get a whole lot from their front office. I mean more than you used to, that's for sure, but not a whole lot. Um, I just I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic to me, and it's something. I, uh, what do you what do you think about that? Well, it's actually funny if you look at it. I don't even know how many media members even cover the Nets. You have uh, look, Brian, was it Brian Lewis from the Post. You have yeah, yeah. a guy from Newsday. I don't even know his name. Logan, Greg Logan, something like that. And then you know the Bergen Record dropped them. Uh, the the Daily News doesn't have any. So they have like two people covering them. That's it. I mean, no one from ESPN. So it like I can't I think they only have like two official uh, newspapers following them and then you ha- are covering them and then you have you know their fan blog uh, Nets Daily which is SB Nation so you know I feel like they're totally um, you know under the radar like they can you know do what they want and you know I feel like no one's no one holds them accountable that's how I look at it I feel like there was more yeah well, I, when they pierce well, I think that they all that buzz well I think that they've they must have granted Bondi asylum since MSG kicked him out because he's been doing a lot of tweeting about uh, the Nets recently. I think he had an article out today. He's he's really kind to them. And I think that speaks to Macri's point of like, you know, I think they're just like, okay, well, if the Knicks are going to treat these guys bad, and then to your point, uh, Jonathan, about they don't have a lot of coverage, it's like, okay, perfect. You know, find a beat writer who's, struggling with one franchise and maybe he'll give us positive coverage. And I think we've seen that in how the daily news has covered them. I mean, they're, they, you know, the Knicks could win a game by 50 points and they would find a way to, to write something bad about it. Um, where the Nets, I haven't seen one negative article from, um, you know, at, at least, like I said, when Bondi covers the team, but um, I don't know. I think, like I said, it, it makes an interesting dynamic in, the, in this market because the Knicks are so oversaturated. Anytime that happens, it's easy to then want to stick up for the little guy. And by the way, I'm looking right now, it's 90 to 66. The Nets are beating the Celtics at the end of the third quarter. So um, that's going to get everyone's attention as we're, as and we're I, talking. And I just I want to say real quick, because I, I don't know if I've said it explicitly on this podcast, I think that what the Nets have done in general has been amazing. Building, like, we talk about in New York, obviously, you know, Fisdale trying to build a culture. Like, the Nets have clearly built a culture in which they play a very particular way. They play a very particular, you know, style of basketball. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Kenny Atkinson from the get-go, all about taking the right kinds of shots and making other teams take the wrong kinds of shots. And that's all wonderful, but I, you know, it's like interesting. Like they are going to get probably the eighth seed in the playoffs this year, seventh seed in the playoffs, whatever. And yet, you'll never find an article about like criticizing the Nets for missing an opportunity to, you know, potentially um, to tank this year. It's like where, where is that article? That's the great irony that they they haven't had their own draft pick. I don't think since two thousand fourteen, and the one year they're going to have to control their own draft pick, they're going to be like the eight seed, seven seed in the playoffs, so probably, and then they'll pick in the teens. But I've already seen some media spin of like how it's a blessing that then they won't have to pay someone a bigger contract. It's like, give me a break. If you had no, a chance to draft someone from Duke, I mean, yes, it's a nice learning experience for a young core like uh, D'Angelo Russell and Levert if Levert comes back. But like, 
you know, but the, I feel like the narrative before the season started was like, okay, how can we turn over this roster even more? I think there was rumors of Din, Dinwiddie getting traded. Sure, yeah. It, or, or Hollis Jefferson. Like, they, they weren't sold on, uh, I think, a lot of these guys. I mean, that's what one of my friends uh, was saying. Like, he had perfect analogies. Like, Brooke Lopez was just fattening up the pigs so they could trade him uh, when they made him, you know, started to – when he started developing his three-point shot a couple of years ago. I and mean, it worked out well for them. They got uh, – you know, Russell's playing really well, but they're going to have uh, – they got to give him a huge contract because uh, he's up this year, I believe. Yeah, and and look, you know, it's I I'm I'm king of like um, you know wins are are a good thing in the NBA, you know, even if it it worsens draft position. But like that's my take. There's obviously another position, the one which you which you just verbalized, and it's just interesting how. Um, you know, there's only one type of story being written about the Nets, and it you know gets back to the the question about you know is it really you know equal um, media coverage, and 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 yeah, it's just interesting to me. So before we we finish up, I want to make sure we get to the fact that you do not. Well, why don't you tell us? It's you and your brother that run this account together, yes. right? So uh, how yeah, does I how do does that work? Tweet. I do all the tweeting. He does all the graphics. We, we obviously uh, collaborate and brainstorm other ideas, but in terms of day-to-day ops, like who's tweeting, that's me. I have zero Photoshop skills. That's all him. He's really uh, uh, has become amazing at it. I mean, some of the pictures are just outrageous, the, you know, the quality. So, But he lives overseas. He lives in Israel. So logistics-wise, in terms of being able to talk uh, ideas and stuff like that, I mean, you've got a seven-hour uh, time zone um uh, differential. Yeah, so yeah. That makes things a little complicated when I'm like, hey, the Knicks are playing, you know, this just happened, like, we, you know, how we need a graphic of, uh, you know, Dolan Trump with, uh, you know, name an owner, like, you know, uh, Daryl Morey or something like that, or, you know, so that's where it gets a little complicated. He's actually a lifelong Knicks fan. He could, you know, oh, wow. talk. Okay. yeah, so we grew up in a house. He was the Knicks fan. I was the Nets fan. Uh, but yeah, so he's, he's built the team forever. So, you know, so That's pretty when, cool. Yeah, so just because of that time difference, I know we've talked about this a little bit off air, but I mean, so just to understand kind of the process, because I think it's funny, because one thing is uh, my wife, for all the Knicks content I put out, she really isn't that interested. She's like, if I'm going to lose you to watching the Knicks all the time, I don't need to then sit there and, you know, read what you're writing or listen to your content to the podcast. But if there's anything on your Dolan Trump account, she just is like, I can be like, all right, look at this. And she'll actually like stop what she's doing, which is usually a lot more important than anything I'm doing. She'll look at it and she just <laughs> you know, is laughing hysterically because she just can't believe like how spot on it is. And, um, you know, I think the fact that it's both, you know, timely, but then there's a lot of like underlying truth to it. I mean, you said with your brother, he's got the big time difference and you need to work together with the graphic. I mean, are you guys doing this like an email where you're like, okay, I have this idea. I want these people involved in it. Are you just kind of like throwing them like a text? And then he's getting like, how do you guys go from like, you have an idea, you have that big time difference. He's doing the Photoshop work to actually like executing what we see as the finished product. Yeah, it's pretty much it. I mean, it's through DM, it's through, you know, we're constantly DMing on a daily basis or, you know, text messaging uh, to, to just uh, talk ideas. Or if I find a picture of, you know, the real Trump with whoever, Pence or you name it, and then, you know, I send it, or, and I send it to him and then he does this thing. Or there's many times where I wake up in the morning and I'll say, you know, he sent me a private, uh, I mean, he's there, in my DMs, I'll be like, you know, so-and-so, you know, Ian sent you a picture and I open it up and it's something 
just absurd. Like, you know, uh, Dolan Trump uh, holding a pile of cash or, you know, like picture of <laughs> Donald Trump back in the day in the back of a limousine. Like, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, or the, I don't know if you ever noticed there's the propaganda pieces. Have you ever seen any of those or not? That uh, there's a, not, I'm not going to reveal who it is, but if you notice, there's a there's we, we basically created a whole altered universe where. There is Nikki Leaks, which is WikiLeaks. Yes, okay. Uh, we, fi- we find people who have, uh, you know, unfair treatment of me, anyone who has blocked me in the past. Surprise, like Alan Hahn has blocked me, uh, Jared Dudley. Really? Hey, oh, yeah. Wait, Jared so, Dudley, Jared Dudley so why? Like, what, well, what did you Alan do Hahn. that would make them block, like, a, uh, it's clearly a joke account. Well, I think I called Jared Dudley. I can't remember what I called Jared Dudley recently, but I think I remember exactly uh, – I have to go back. I mean, it was never uh, offensive. Or anything. It was all in the good fun. He blocked me. Alan Hahn blocked me. He's my first person to block me. Some, I don't know who's the guy who, who uh, SB Nation, uh, Seth something. Oh, Rosenthal. He blocked me. And then uh, I was surprised by this one. Disappointed is uh, Jason Concepcion from the Ringer Network. Uh, he, that guy's the biggest Knicks fan. I've, He's got a I've great heard, se- I've heard he, he's blocked several people, but that is an interesting one because I, I remember when I was like, um, this is a while back when I was going back and forth with um, Howard Beck, actually, on Twitter. I think I was like, I was, I was feeling a little sensitive, and he had said something critical of the Knicks. And I'm like, you know, do we always need to be like this way with our with our Knicks coverage? Can't we just like, you know, um, let the Knicks fans go go quietly into the night? And he was like, actually, some of the some of the best Knicks fans I know are like okay with like biting criticism of the team. And he mentioned. Network. So, if anybody, I would think that he would appreciate, you know, what you what you do. But I guess That's not. A funny guy, yeah. And, and uh, what do you call him? I'm trying. Like, Kevin O'Connor has, you know, uh, liked some. Of my, none of these guys follow me. Kevin O'Connor has liked and acknowledged some of my tweets. Uh, actually, the only person I made inroads with in the ringer is uh, is uh, Bill Simmons' podcast guy, nephew Kyle. He's the only uh, the guy who follows me from there. So, uh, and he's liked a bunch of my stuff. So. But yeah, I'm shocked that uh, Network though um, blocked me. So whatever, that's what it is. But it's funny how some people don't have the, uh, you know, some people get the get the humor, and other people are just turned off by it. So I yeah, know. I mean, I guess I guess it just comes down to if, uh, you know, I mean, I I even thought about it a little bit today when we were uh, I put out this funny tweet this morning about you know the prison is shut down and the things we talk about. And a part of me was like, well, you know, these are like we are in the middle of a government shutdown. You know, this is affecting real people. So, like, I guess, you you know, I could see the point of these are real issues. Let's not um, make light of them. But that said, I mean, I think that's how we we get through these things. I mean, you know, Saturday Night Live is, you know, that's for a lot of people kind of their weekly therapy uh, watching that. So, yeah, I don't understand then why. uh why people, you know, don't understand it that way, but we definitely have enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, no, like it, I said, it, it, it breaks up the day. It, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's uh, it's it's a it's it's really it just I don't know what it is if it's just my personality or just whatever it is, but uh, you know, I, I'm very it's probably the nature of me being a math teacher, but I'm just very good about spotting trends and patterns. And he's it's uh, that's why I noticed early on, like how he just talks in like the same words over and over again. You can just. You know, it's the same format. Uh, you know, the you know, you start off a sentence with the word "wow." Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, or like you know, the ending of like you know, sad, bad. You know, 
or just the, the insults of people. It's so childish, the dummy, the dopes, the, you know, uh, a clown, like and all that stuff. So, so it's pretty, uh, uh, pretty easy in a sense to kind of mimic in a way what he says and kind of predict how he would react to certain stuff. Uh, but aside from the Nikki leaks, um, there's, uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, Ian created a character, Alan Hannity, who is the, uh, I've never tweets from him. The account exists, but we have never really tweeted from them. It's just the character that exists. So it's kind of Sean Hannity, Alan Hahn, Mix. Uh, we, we have Knickerbox News. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we've come up with. And then there's this, uh, there's this bot type uh, character as well named uh, Nick Maga. M-K-G-A. Nick the Nick's great again. Jesus, the, the, <laughs> this notice. stuff goes really deep here. <laughs> oh, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. Way too much free time. Uh, you know, my wife, his wife thinks we're crazy. It's, a lot of my friends think we're nuts, but uh, that's, just our, <laughs> that's just our personality or sense of humor, so... Well, listen, I, I think it's great. I think, you know, as JB has, has talked about a lot, I, um, and I, I agree with him, There, there's enough stuff in this space, I'll say, that's like a waste of time and like actually maybe um, for the detriment of like, you know, the greater conversation about basketball or, or you know, even it even extends beyond that about just conversation about life in general. And it's like when you add something that's funny and unique and interesting like i i'm i'm all for that and actually you may have some fresh material for for dolan j trump to tweet about because as we were recording this um uh woj leaked that uh the mavs um are looking to trade um dennis smith jr the the guy who the knicks passed on for frank Next year, so I don't know. Maybe there's a creative uh, Dolan J Trump tweet uh, somewhere, somewhere in there for you. Yes, definitely try to figure it out. And uh, I'm sure you guys will like this. I'm also uh, on board. I think you guys have brainwashed me uh, in the uh, fully on board with Frank. I just think you know, I think people need to calm down with uh, with calling him. You know, he's, was he 90, Is he 20 years old yet? Or 20, not? 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he's gonna. You know, look at Giannis. His first. I'm not saying he is the next Giannis, but like give the guy uh, some time to, to get acclimated to the NBA. He's got uh, physical uh, attributes that you can't even like teach. I mean, he's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's going to be fine. I think, um, you know, if you can get, if they can get Zion and you add, I mean, if you're able to add Duran, I mean, what a, you know, Knox, Porzingis is just an amazing, I mean, right like that. And just like that, I will say how irrelevant to the Nets become instantly, you know, like the, yeah. whole feel good, the whole feel good thing. That's the, the, the big joke about the Nets. The Nets moved from New Jersey to Brooklyn, and the whole mindset was like, "Oh, now now people are going to notice us." And if anything, they became, <laughs> more, they became more irrelevant in Brooklyn once Pierce and Garnett and all those guys. That whole experiment failed. They went all in. Then no one cared about them. And uh, you know, even dates back to the mid uh, mid two thousands when the Nets had Kidd and Jefferson. Even though the Nets had all those teams. The talk was still all about the Knicks, even though the Knicks were dysfunctional under Isaiah and all that other stuff. But if you get those guys, uh, you know, you get, like I said, Durant. If you get, if you just get Zion, Porzingis back. It's amazing how the, the Nets won't even be a thought. Uh, it'll be all about. There'll be so much buzz. I'm telling you. Well, well, the um, the real Donald Trump managed to talk his presidency into existence. So maybe uh, Dolan J. Trump. Yeah, you uh, can do the same. Yeah, you can do the same for Zion and, and KD or whatever else. Um, listen, man, I, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time. I this was a real. This was fun. Um, this yes, was a treat. To, yeah, to try to you know to pull back the curtain a little bit. And uh, yeah, man, keep keep 
keep at it. We, uh, like I said, we, we love what you do and it's, uh, it's a great point of humor in, um, in what is, uh, turning out to be another somewhat long season. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the, uh, support you guys give me, uh, on the, the Twitter. So of, of course. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah right, J- good. JB, anything, anything else for you before we sign off? No, I think I think we're good, but we we do have to do a, a pod soon. I think with with me and you talking some of these, um, some Knicks news, especially because it's going to be a little dry spot here at the games as they go out to London. So I'm scheduling that me and you, uh, as we end the pod here, <laughs> we'll do it soon. Yes. So they they they're speaking of behind the behind the curtain, Knicks fans, this is this is how me and JB uh, do it. We do it on the spot, uh, <laughs> wondering when we're going to record our next podcast. Something everybody has to look forward to. Um, all right, thank you, JB, for for joining, and of course, most importantly, thank you, everybody out there, for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We hope you enjoyed this one, and uh, we will be back with you uh, with another episode very soon. I know we're doing one um, after the Wizards game um, with um, another guest that I'm very excited about, and then yeah, me and JB will be on soon, and um, yeah, everybody enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you shortly. Giddy up. Mm-hmm.